here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. G'day there, it's Timmy Manor and welcome to the Spirit of Sport right here on 1170 SEN. Joining me tonight, like he does every week, my co-pilot, Benny Little, a.k.a. B-Litz. Yes, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming, mate. Yeah. Mate, the Spirit of Sport, we've had some pretty good guests on the show this year. Yes, we have. But this one we're about to get, I, I personally think this is one of our, our, our biggest scalps. Mm. This guy here, our special guest across a six-year career so far in the NRL, he's played over 115 games for the Melbourne Storm, six games for the Queensland Maroons, and was an integral part of the Storm Premiership success Oof. in 2020. I want to speak more about that later, Benny, because yes. I've said on air on SEN a number of times in commentary this year that what this guy did in that Storm Premiership win, as well as the Origin Series that followed, was a huge feat. Anyway, our guest on the Spirit of Sport, if you haven't guessed already, it's Melbourne Stop Storm Prop and the great white rhino. Christian Welch, <laughs> it's all on the way. Christian, thanks for joining us. Timmy, what an intro. It's, it's a great privilege to talk on the radio with a fellow front rower. There's not many out in the media, so keep on the flag for us, brother. But yeah. it's come in. It's so important that the, the white rhinos are represented, mate. I, um, I'm making it a point to, to make sure the, the fans appreciate how important a white rhino is. Benny, you're probably a bit unfamiliar with what the great white rhino is. But I like the sound of it. It's, it's a dying breed of a football player. Yes. Um, you know, you... I probably was at the tail end of it. And now Christians, there's not many left, but the, the Caucasian front rower. Oh, uh, okay. There's not many. No. Unfortunately, we don't. We lack a few fast twitch fibers, which uh, is needed these <laughs> days. But Christian, not only are you there flying the flag, you're flying it very high. How, talk to me. Give, give the listeners at home a bit, of the, the, a bit of the background of the white rhino and where it's headed in the future. The, the plot of the white rhino, yeah, we've, uh, it's been tough, mate. There's... Uh, our, our jobs are getting scarce. The amount of, and, and to be fair, they're incredible, powerful athletes. The Pacifica uh, guys coming in and uh, playing the front row. So yeah, 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 we're a bit of a dying breed, but hopefully, mate, we can get a bit of a resurgence and, uh, and yes. get the old school white fronties going again. Yeah, mate. You look at you know the, the, the Shane Webkey, the Tronks, the uh, Thorn, the, the Brad Thorns. The Timmy oh, yeah, Manners. We <laughs> we're all extinct, Benny. We're all extinct. But yeah. there's one guy out there who is. Really making sure, the flag, making sure we don't get into extinction. And, and the White Rhino um, alumni is very grateful for his uh, his presence <laughs> in the, the same, NRL. Is the same thing happening in Union? Um, I'd love to say I know, but I've got no idea. <laughs> Come on, Christian. Man. You know much about rugby these days, mate? Uh, yeah, but I think I, I actually don't know. Nah, no comment. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah, I'm not going to get into that. That's that's. The, I'm going to take a guess and say it is. Anyway, Australia team. Let's 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 take Christian back on the spirit of sport. Christian, we talk about players' journeys throughout their career, how they how they came up into the into grade, their journey to get there, and maybe you can give us a bit of a background about your journey. What was it like as a kid, as a young Queenslander growing up? How did you get involved in rugby league to start with? Uh, yes, I didn't actually play rugby league until I was about twelve or thirteen. I um, grew up in Queensland, grew up in Townsville. Uh, played like hockey, cricket, basically every sport I could, but hockey. mostly field hockey. Yeah, wow. Uh, yeah, loved it. Yeah, great sport for anyone out there. Who... It comes on the Olympics and people go, geez, that's not a bad game. Then it just kind of disappears for a while again. So it's, um, 
yeah, it's a great game. And then I moved to Gladstone, Church of Queensland, and, and played a bit of footy there uh, for the Gladstone's mighty Gladstone brothers. And then um, got to a, a rugby union school in grade nine in Brisbane. Uh, so I played mostly rugby union and tried to make it in that way, but uh, didn't get too far. And um, kind of in grade 12, I um, finished school, didn't make any rep teams or have any contracts, obviously. So I kind of went down. I went to university in Brisbane and signed up my local uh, rugby league club there, East Tigers, and which happened to be the feeder club for the Storm. And uh, got signed out of playing there in, in the Melbourne Ingo, actually in the centres I was playing. And, um, oh, wow. They actually wanted it. They wanted to experiment a bit with um, changing like a, a bigger framed outside back into like a front rower. Uh, so Josh Kerr is also a graduate of that idea. He was at the Storm for a while as well. He's a former winger. For, yep. Unbelievable, really, how big he is these days. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, went down there in an under-20s program and been there ever since. Mate, you, just let's rewind a little bit. I, I feel like we just glossed over that. You played hockey. I reckon I reckon if you grew up in America, you, you'd, you'd strike me as a lacrosse player, as... as have you ever looked at that sport? Is it something that interests you? Yeah, I've seen. I don't really understand it. What what, what characteristics of a lacrosse player do I remind you of, Tim? Oh, I, I just great I think, hair. You got good hair. Well, maybe maybe <laughs> well, the education, the oh, the yeah. well spoken. It's just like a bit of a fat boy kind of thing. Yeah. I just felt like clean cut. And then you say you played hockey. I'm thinking well, that's very similar. It's probably Australia's version of lacrosse. Yeah. Anyway, we can we can we can. I'll think about that offline. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Now you ended up so you ended up getting into rugby at thirteen, and you talk about you know getting picked up. What was it like as a kid getting picked up? Like you know, I know it's it's a moment that a lot of young kids remember when they finally get recognised and they get put into a system. What was it like for you to have that feeling to to get picked up by an NRL team and and get you know invested into? Yeah, like you, you don't forget it. I was eighteen. I was uh, playing East Tigers down the centres, and uh, after the game in the sheds, our um, one of our assistant coaches kind of come in and he said, oh, mate, um, Paul Bunn from the Melbourne Storm wants to have a chat to you and your family. Like, can you come out for a second? And it's kind of like this surreal uh, experience. It was so, it was so great, like amazingly joyful. But the funny thing was I come out and I told my mum and dad and my mum started crying because uh, I would be leaving Brisbane and I'd be moving away from the family. So it was a bit of a, uh, she was obviously so stoked for me, but at the same time, I think she was a bit upset and probably... Still a little bit upset that I've stayed down in Melbourne, uh, you know, ever since. How do, how do you find being away from family? Is that tough to do? Yeah, it's, um, you know, pre-COVID, it wasn't really an issue. You're only two hours away from flight, and I make sure I'm off-season to really come back and spend a lot of time at Christmas and New Year's. But uh, it's been a tough last few years. But um, my parents, they, they also understand how special a club Melbourne is and, and the amazing group of people we have there. Um, so they're very supportive. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll go back to prison one day. But you know, like your footy career is so such a small part of your life. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of, you know, I'm happy there. It's a great club. Uh, so I'm going to stay there. Yeah, probably till the end of my career. I hope. Your um your status at the moment. I know it's it's really important that our listeners understand uh, where you're at. And yeah, you know, it, it gets cold in Melbourne. And you know, there's being away from family and, and the cold, lonely nights. What is your current status at the moment? Uh, relationship status. Relationship status, please, yeah. Uh, Tim, you know this. Well, I appreciate you coming here because I, because I know there's lots of young bachelorettes who, listen, who tune into SEN. Um, Absolutely. They do. Absolutely. I'm sure, I'm sure they're going to be – it's a big demographic of your target market. It is. But, yeah, no, there's not a lot of love for the front rowers um, down in uh, Melbourne. They like the 
skinny AFL style, Ryan Pappenhausen builds. Yeah, yeah, so I know. It's been a tough slog for Welch down there. Front rollers need love too. Hey, if you're listening on the SEN line, 0437 979 160, or just DM Christian Welch on Instagram. I'm sure you better get in contact with him that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so you're in Melbourne now, and obviously you know, if, you, if you're a young footy player, it doesn't take much to recognise when it comes to systems, you know, obviously Roos is up there, but Melbourne probably are the benchmark of the system you want to come through. Uh, what was it like to be able to go through a system and then what was it like to get the, the nod that you're going to be debuting in the NRL? Yeah, it's, um, yeah, they certainly work you hard down there and there's little things they do. Uh, you know, if it's your first year in first grade, you go off to the work program and you, you basically labour on job sites for two weeks straight. So you come in, train the gym 5am, get sent out to a job site to be some builder's bitch, basically. Oh. Uh, so me and Marika Corinbete were put together and you're doing all this just hard physical labouring. Uh, and then you come back and train about 5, 5.30 till about 7.38. And then you get home and basically get, find some dinner and, and, and get to sleep. And then because you're going to be up at four the next day. So you do that for two weeks straight. So it's pretty intensive, but it also gives you a really... Uh, a great appreciation of being a professional athlete. So, but that, that works, eh? Like it, 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 that that program that works, doesn't it? It makes people appreciate what they do. Yeah, I think so. I think also, you know, preseason's tough, but at the same time, you know, we're not on the tools eight, ten hours in the you know very hard sun of a, of a strange summer. You know, slogging it out. So I think I got so much respect for like physically demanding jobs. You know, like mm. and I look. Yeah, you, know, you get towed up in pre-season training, but it eventually ends. You know, it's not that long of a day, so yeah. I think it helps you give a bit of perspective on, I suppose, how tough we have it compared to everyone else. The, re- the reason I asked if it works is because, and I'm probably a bit of tongue in cheek there, Benny, but uh, my good friend Steve Kearney, who I got a lot of time for, but he he brought that to Parramatta that that program, uh, and I think the idea was it worked at Melbourne and they, and they win premierships. The year we did, we came winning spooners. So I, don't, I, I get, I, I get the concept of it, but it, it didn't have the success with that. Well, I'm sure there's a lot of other reasons, but. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, so talk to me. Bellyache tells you you're playing. Is it? He's is he the one that breaks the news about your NRL debut? Yeah, it was. Um, it was quite a surreal week because it was when they had the standalone representative rounds, and they had like you know all the internationals, Australian, Kiwi, Tonga, and then they had the under twenties games. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Felice Cafusi and Nelson Sofa, um, they both got suspended from their international duties on the weekend. So, those two guys, they got suspended. Um, Jordan McLean, Tori Tammy on the Monday of training. So, I had three front rowers go down in front of me. Steve Badley. And then on the day before the game, uh, Tom Leroy Lars uh, had a bit of a niggling knee injury and he got ruled out. So, it took four front rowers <laughs> ahead of me to, to get a shot. So, I think, like, for people out there listening, it's like you're. You don't really realise how far you are away from achieving something or, you know, just need a bit of good luck to go your way to, to get an opportunity or something. So I kind of need four guys to go down and it was actually <laughs> against your old club, Parramatta, Parramatta Stadium. We're in the, we're in the demountables. It's when they were uh, uh, yes. renovating or, yeah, or yeah. in the period of, of moving it out. And I think I played 11 minutes, but it was the best 11 minutes of my life. And making those calls to your parents, uh, it's a pretty special moment to, you know, obviously play NRL, but also it's a special occasion for your whole family and friends. You know, they're a part of it and they're on that journey with you. Yeah, did they end up coming down to the game? Yeah, we had a small army of kind of Welsh clan uh, in the Parramatta Stadium and it was, the the Storm just do it so well. They make it such a big thing. They bring your parents in for the pre-game speech. 
Uh, I know Brian Norrie, also the perfect man to present me a jersey. One of the great white rhinos out there. He yeah. presented the jersey to me. Um, and, and they're just nice, like the big three um, in, the, in the lift with my parents. And, you know, they don't know my parents. And they, uh, they don't really know me that well. Either. It was my first year in first grade. But they go out of their way to introduce themselves to mum and dad, um, you know, help them out. So, um, you know, it's such a welcoming club and, and such family-oriented, like little things like that, you know, bringing your your parents to the, the debut game, putting them up at the same hotel, including them in a lot of things. Um, you know, like the saw my parents weekend every year, pre-COVID, uh, they buy all the parents in and we all get together, have a lunch, uh, and then you meet other parents. So that, that's the things they need to do when everyone's basically not from Melbourne yeah. so to, to, to build that culture. Yeah, and, and everyone got a glimpse of that in 2020 when you guys were away at Sunshine Coast. But I, I always find it fascinating talking to to people from clubs like yours and you know we had Brett Finch on here a few weeks ago talking about the Roosters but those those clubs that are successful over a long period of time it's no coincidence that they build a good culture with including your family and, and making people feel special and valued and, and I think that's a really key element for Melbourne Storm's success and on top of that they flew your family to a destination site like Parramatta put them up oh you know that's that's like almost <laughs> going to Europe it was fantastic. But one of my biggest memories of that day, right, it was, <laughs> of that whole weekend, it was of the great Dane Weston. I'm not sure how, much, how well you know Dane Weston, but he's the tightest man in rugby league. Probably the tightest man I've ever met, right? That, so that's a big call because there's a lot of tight guys in rugby league. So that's a big call. Yeah, that's right. There's plenty out there. But we were at the main Dragon Parramatta, the Italian joint, not before the game. And I, he's wearing this hoodie. And I go, oh, geez, went that nice. And sort of a tag on there. <laughs> I go, oh, Wesso, I'll grab this for you, mate. And, and I reached over and he goes, whoa, whoa, what are you doing, mate? And I go, oh, get, you left the tables out. <laughs> oh, mate, I'm taking it back Monday. Um, <laughs> anyway, mate, shout out to Big Wesso. I hope he, I hope he gets to you, mate. Like, this is the bloke. He took an avocado to a cafe in Richmond and said, can you slice this up? No, that's not. Nah, nah, that's a porky. It's true. No. Nah. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mate, he used to wear, he used to wear calf skins yeah. and have like a little fl- plastic flask of vodka because he didn't want to. So I'd shout him a bourbon at the bar and then I'd go, <laughs> Westo, it's your shout. And he goes, right, oh, follow me into the bathroom, gives me straight vodka out of his cup. <laughs> <laughs> the all-time great. So shout out to Big Westo. If you're oh, I'm sure he's listening, Westo. There you go. Uh, uh, you talk about tight guys in rugby league. Benny, I, I don't know if you realize. We're, we're a blue-collar sport. So a lot of, the, a lot of us have grown up in the, you know, the, the western suburbs of Sydney or wherever it might be that, you know, you've, cash has been kind of hard to come by. Yeah. And, mate, I'll go tell you some stories. Uh, I've, I've heard a few. Paramount Eagles, we had, like, a bit of a um, really bad situation where things were just going missing. And if it wasn't screwed down at, at the club, it was gone. I'm talking, like, big outdoor heaters. I'm talking, <laughs> anything that could go was gone. Um, so that's – and eskies, everything – and there was a few corporates. I'm sure they know who they are if they're listening. So, Brad Takarangi, shout out, mate. Oh, I was uh, thinking of, <laughs> of, of him with the... Um... Hey, with Shaver, mate. Get him out there. Yeah, no, Brad Takarangi. I'm sure he's listening over in England, but, mate, one of the all-time greats. Yeah, the cases of kabucha. I think I've seen footage of that. Yeah, very one of the specials. We used to get, like, veggies and meat delivered to the club, and, mate, it'd last probably half a day, and their boots were full of veggies and fruit, and off they go. Oh, back to back to our man, Christian. Christian. Christian, you had a, um, you know, and obviously I, I was lucky enough, we'll talk a bit, about, um, a bit about Uganda later on, but that time you are going through a bit of a difficult stage in your career. You know, you've had another serious injury. Tell us about those, those tougher times in your career and, and what you did to get through them. Yeah, I, um, 
yeah, played in the 26 grand final, uh, 2016, and uh, and lost that. You're probably playing in 2016. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, 17, I, yeah, I did my ACL and uh, was sitting in the grandstand when the boys won that grand final. So that was pretty tough to watch. And then in 18, come back from ACL thinking, here we go. Cooper Cronk, one arm. You know, we're a big chance here. We surely we can win this. Get pumped by the Roosters. So I've lost two grannies, done one knee, and then and then 2019, I go, how good is this? We're on top of the ladder. Uh, I think maybe close to minor premiership. And then I did my knee in round, round 20. Uh, and then, so I, had a, I was actually going to move to your great club, Parramatta, at the time, but that all fell through uh, because of the injury, which, you know, fair enough. But So it was pretty tough um, few years. So coming back in 2020 to win was great. But, um, yeah, so I, I think when I did a First in my ACL, I was kind of thinking, how bad's my life? Like, this is a tough gig. And then I went to hospital to see my surgeon to get penciled in and um, and saw, like, you know, people with permanent disabilities and, and lifelong illness and cancer patients. And I was like, I don't know, it just was a real big awakening to, like, like how privileged my life is. Even though I've got a bad knee, it's going to get better. Uh, and, you know, like, I've still got a contract. I'm still getting paid. I don't have to worry about paying bills like so many other Australians. So I guess... Gave me a big reality check and kind of made me appreciate how good of a job I have and how privileged we are to be NRL players. And uh, so I've done a fair bit of stuff with Camp Quality and uh, and going away with Uganda to see the work your foundation does was just amazing. Just to see, you know, the joy that it gives into these communities. Uh, you know, since come back, I've started sponsoring a child uh, in Brisbane with the Smith Family Foundation who do oh, pretty awesome. similar work to what Compassion Australia do in. Uganda, but for Australian kids. So yeah, I guess it's a lot of appreciation for how how good I've got it. That's that's awesome, man. Yeah, what's the biggest thing you reckon it's done um, in your personal life being involved in all these not for profits and benevolent activities? Yeah, like uh, I'm a, a volunteer, a registered volunteer at Camp Quality, and you've got to go to a training day because obviously it's with children and go on camps and overnight stuff. And um, the the thing that stood out to me was like the people there running the camp, they were like, just, you know, you think you do your first camp, you think you're doing it for the kids, and then you do every other camp for yourself. And yeah. I, it really resonates, like, like helping people and doing things for others. Like, it really, um, it really delivers joy and happiness to yourself, and I think it mm. makes you uh, a happier person. And uh, I'm sure there's science with all the endorphins and all that, but um, I just think, you know, doing things for others, is, it's the best thing, and I think... Uh, it gives you, yeah, a perspective on on your life. Yeah, but I can't. I've probably done it too many times on air this year. But talk about you know this guy Christian as well as um, Ryan Pappenhausen. That I was lucky enough to take them to Uganda, and mm. at the time, at the start of the year, Compassion approached me about taking some guys over to look at the project there, and I thought, yeah, sweet, I'll take a few para boys and we'll head over. Little did I realise how how difficult that would be. You know, look, I'm talking just. Back and forth, and yeah, I'm in, no, I'm not in, I can't do this, and oh, can you do my pass? Anyway, eventually the media company that was filming it, the legends of Hustle Media, yeah. um, they say, hey, do you mind if we reach out to a couple of the Melbourne boys that we know and just see how, what they think? Mm. So they reached out to Christian Pappenhausen, and I, within 24 hours, they were, everything was so organized, everything was ready to go, we booked in for our shots. So I went over with them, and I can't speak highly enough of the, both of them. Like, what, the way they just dived into everything was incredible. They just Their attitude... Uh, but Christian, it makes me so happy to like to, to have gone away with you and obviously seeing what you're like and the way you handled a tough time of your life. 
But then just to watch your, your career close, uh, closer after that to follow you, I, I guess timing-wise, it was so good to watch you guys play after that because you both went on to win a grand final the year after. Paps gets you know, player of the year in, in the grand final. I played the match. You go on to win an Origin Series against all odds. And I, honestly, I'm not just saying this because you're a mate of mine, but you were by far the best forward in that series. So to see you go on a kick on like that has made me so happy. And the happiest thing that's, I'm, I'm, the happiest thing, I'm, the thing that makes me the most happy now is the contract you just done. Mate, so first of all, congratulations, but isn't that a, a great story about, you know, I guess persistence? Because I know you probably were a bit undervalued in the past due to injuries and you probably didn't get recognised as much as you should have, but was it nice to kind of have that recognition uh, recently? Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's been a great, I suppose, couple of years to kind of come back from another knee injury and to kick through. Um, but yeah, like, I, I don't know, I just think, I just love playing footy with, uh, my teammates the Storm and Queensland like it, it's a weird game like you kind of get highlighted individually and probably a bit uh, later I have been but certainly not early in my career but at the same time it's like you know what it's like we're in the middle it's like it, it's your forward pack against their forward pack and, and the guys the, the calibre of the guys I get to play with every week you know Jesse Branches, Dale Finucans, um, you know Tui Kamakamitha Nelson Brandon Smith Harry Grant it's just just makes your job so much easier. So I'm just so grateful to be able to play with uh, these guys who are, you know, not only brilliant players but really good fellas as well. So it's uh, it's a great team effort, and uh, yeah, been lucky to, to be at the Storm for a while and to sign on again for a couple more years. Yeah, and you, t- you talk about the boys, but give us a, give the listeners a bit of insight about your coach Bellyache. What's what's he like to play with or play for? Yeah, he's great. He's a great fella. He cares about his players. Uh, he's also con the whole media. You know, this guy's <laughs> preaching blue collar. You know, I'm the the boy from Portland. It's a G up, mate. He lives in the richest suburb in Australia. <laughs> he's been on one point whatever for 10, 15 years, mate. He's he's not a guy for the little guy. You know, yeah. he's everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I I, um, I I picked up on that at a Dallium Awards. I was at a few years ago where he, he rocked up in his Beetlejuice jacket, suit jacket. <laughs> and I remember. Hey, I remember Great thinking, reference. if you're if you're wearing that, you're not you're not the blue collar bloke from from out where, like you're, yeah, yeah. yeah you, you're mixing with the elites. You, you. It's tight as well, but that's that's why I wore it because you got it for free. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I can't judge. I've done that many a time in my career. So, uh, mate, in regard to the the team that won the the grand final, was there anything that stood out about um, you guys clicking together as a you know united you know group? Yeah, it was um, probably something that Penrith and all those Sydney teams that went through this year were, you know, you can kind of, is it a bad thing, good thing? You know, there's probably arguments for both sides, but being away in that hub life Mm. and, um, you know, we weren't allowed to leave the resort for probably three or four months unless it was going to games. So it was pretty intense, but the way the club really worked hard at, um, you know, obviously on your training days you do your stuff, but then they really left us our own devices. So it wasn't, didn't get too, uh, you know, didn't, get too busy but the boys just the boys just enjoyed each other's company you know we'd have cards board games nights and we're it's very inclusive so you know you know it's like team there's different Mm. groups at a club but everyone respects each other got along really well but it's time to work we worked but then we had a good time had a good laugh um we did like it was called storm hour so they they copied it off the all blacks and it's basically one night a week where the whole team gets together um and we basically have a laugh it's not a serious meeting have a few beers on it. Like, it's a Tuesday night, so we might be playing, you know, Monday or Tuesday we play Storm Out, and the club go, you know what, have a couple of beers. You know, it might not might not be the most 
athletic preparation or whatever, but they understand that the boys just need to relax, have a bit of a laugh, we had goose for the week. Yeah. So whoever got nominated, we'd, we'd nominate everyone, and then he'd have to wear the headgear at every meal. <laughs> headgear, uh, yes. Right. I used to wear a pink shirt yeah. when I was younger. So, the headgear, good. Yeah, so it was just a really tight-knit group, and I think it showed that we cared about each other and really, really wanted to achieve something. We used to do a goose of the week, and it was a pink shirt, right? A pink pair. You had to train it. Until you started realising that boys enjoyed wearing pink, and it was like, we're almost rewarding these guys. These young kids, they don't... So the, the headgear is a good one. I like that. Maybe maybe get them to wear black boots. They, they might really hate that, the young kids. Oh, yeah, then they're done. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, you're, you're, one of the most refreshing things about you and your career is not just on the field, but also off it. You're pretty vocal with your opinions and your thoughts. And you, you, you give a lot of people a lot of food for thought. You make people think. Um, where does that come from? Have you always been like that growing up? Yeah, I think it's um, it's been good for me, but it's also come back to bite me sometimes. I suppose I'm pretty um, outspoken. I think when I you know think someone's been wronged, or I'm pretty happy to put an opinion out there. I, I don't want to get in that situation when I'm talking all the time. I think there's a time and place. But um, yeah, I'm all happy. I think you know happy to stand up for you know some players' rights and you know early in the year like the the women's game. Like I just want to see. Uh, you know, the NRL and, and everyone get behind the NRLW because it's such a great product and, and we just need to keep growing it because I think it's the right thing to do. Can you give us a bit of background at the moment? Are you studying? Are you, um, what's, what are you doing off, outside of football? Uh, yeah, so I've done a commerce degree. Uh, I finished that. I'm doing my master's in business at the moment. So oh. I'm about halfway through that. So, yeah, uh, yeah I'm trying to study because, and like, prepare for, you know, after football, but at the same time, it's really nice because the storm's such an intense environment. With you know, you do a lot of video, a lot of review, a lot of analysis. So it's nice to be able to get home and think about something else um, other than the tackles I missed on the weekend. <laughs> Just agreed, mate. I'm, I've been there. It's good that you're doing that though, because you know, and I'm glad you shared with everyone what you're doing because I think your future in the game is so much bigger than just what you're doing on the field, but. I, I genuinely think you can be a future CEO. You can, you can run the game. Is What do you see yourself doing post-football? What's the passion of yours that you enjoy doing? Um, yeah, that's kind of an area I want to stay in sport because I'm so, I suppose, passionate about sport and what it can do you know, at the grassroots level with the, the community and the benefits of bringing everyone together. Um, but, like, at the end of the day, that's something I'm passionate about. It doesn't have to be a university degree, and that's what I try and say to the young fellas. Like, Find something you're passionate about, and that's what Bells also says. You know, like if you're not passionate about rugby league, like, like go do something else because you need to love what you do, and, and you need to try and want to be the best person you can be. So whether that's doing an apprentice uh, apprenticeship, we've, I think we've got about ten guys doing apprenticeships. Like Jesse Bromwich is, um, you know, a, a carpentry apprentice. You know, and he's been on good money for a long time. He probably doesn't need to work a day, but he sees value in, yeah. you know, just building towards that post footy life and. That's what I said. It could be a TAFE course. It could be you know becoming a chef or whatever. It doesn't have to be a university degree. It's just find something you're passionate about. Yeah, well, that's what we do on this show. We talk to a lot of guys as well that have just recently retired, and you just see uh, how tough some of them transition to life after football, um, which is a real shame because there's so many opportunities there. Like you talk about the education you're getting. I remember looking back at the fees that my paramedic, that the Parallels paid for me over my career in terms of education fees, and it was enormous. I was like, it was a number that I would never have paid myself if I wasn't playing footy. And it's available there. Like a lot of people have access to like really good opportunities to get education. But as a footy player, for some reason, you just feel like you're gonna play forever, and you don't need a, you don't need anything after that. Um, it's really good to see you preparing for that. 
While I've got you, though, on this topic, I want to throw throw one at you. And this is on my mind this afternoon because Parramatta have just announced that we've lost Reed Marnie. Um, the the whole free market thing, is there I, – I don't know – I don't know the solution, and that's why I'm asking you. I don't even know if you have an answer. What are your thoughts on it, like about players being able to sign a year in advance somewhere else? Is there, is there a system that could work more efficiently? Yeah, I, I think it depends what hat you've got on for this question, I think. Um, you know, you look, you look at the media and it's like we're talking about rugby league into December and it's not like a scandal. It's just talking about transfer. So it's dominating the headlines. It's still generating interest. Um, you do it from a fan's perspective and it's like, you know, this is probably not ideal. I totally get that. I totally get that if you lose a player before the season starts, you know, they'll kick out stuff. He's going to a grand final parade and, and then the news breaks the day before. It kind of sours that. I, I totally understand that. And then if you, if you put your player's hat on... Um, you know, and especially with the amount of injuries I've had, like season-ending knee injuries, which take 12 months. Like for the player, for a player to have the ability to secure his future and his family and his kids, and go, I'm going to sign that three-year contract. You know, November one, so I can, you know, at least it's done, it's sealed, it's guaranteed. And it, instead of having to wait until the end of the off-season, um, yeah. you know, where they could have a potentially season-ending injury. Or, or something could happen which could really throw them off. I think it's it's such a good thing for players that, like, I understand everyone else, and I totally get it, but it's like, your career is so short, I, I just, I don't know, I think it's a good, it's a perk for the players that we have. And I understand the other arguments against it, but at the same time, um, you know how fickle rugby league can be and, and how players get risked all the time. I think um, a, a player having the opportunity to, cement his future and, and get some security I think it's a good thing and it's and then you look at rugby league it's like not everyone's on the million dollars or 500,000 or whatever mm. you know the, the minimum wage I think 70,000 you know this year and you know it's, it's not as glamorous as you know like American sports where the minimum contracts are six seven hundred thousand a year US dollars so like I think yeah. you need a bit of reality of like a lot of these guys aren't on you know ridiculous deals yeah, uh, I don't know. I think we need a perspective on that. As in, if you do a transfer window at the end of the off season, and some guys on seventy grand single wage living in Sydney trying to make ends meet, it's not that glamorous in terms of oh, we he can just trade. Well, let's just trade him to uh, he can go to Can uh, Townsville or, or Brisbane, and he's can uproot his life. Well, he probably can't do that because he probably doesn't have the money to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a great point, and it's it's a point I've made to friends in America all the time about. They say how players get paid so well, but they have, you know, they can get the tap on the shoulder any second and get told they're getting traded, and they don't got no say in their in their future. But I think the point you make is so good about the money. I think people don't realise the, the income we get. It's not like we're getting, or well, the players are getting an enormous amount of money that justifies the ability to pack up and leave or or make rash decisions really quickly because it's not huge. I've always told players, and I've believed this in my, my own career, that if you have the option between getting a big contract and uh, years, I'm taking the years as well. So it makes sense what you're saying about the security because um, it is a fickle sport, uh, world, sporting world. So if you have that security in, in years, is also a nice thing. And if you can get both the money and the years, well, well you'd be silly not to take it. Benny, what, in your days at the Hills Hornets Bas- <laughs> Basketball Association, yeah. um, did you ever get tempted to, uh, to change teams for bigger money? Yeah, no. I actually had to pay to play. So, so yeah. thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> they're, st- they're still tracking me down for fees. <laughs> uh, all right. Now, now, Christian. Thanks for including me, though. That was good. 
Good I've, been, I've been trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to find. Yeah, I don't. You know what? That's good. We can go the whole white rhino in basketball too. I think there's a, it's a yeah, there's, yeah. there's a similar theme there. But uh, Christian, what's uh, what's next year look like for you and the team? How, how you got any new signings or anything excited about? You're excited about? Uh, we've got the big Xavier Coates coming down, so he'll be oh yeah, he'll be a great addition to our squad. Um, he's a great pickup. I, I don't know. You, got, you guys lost Cooper Cronk, Cameron Smith, Billy Slater, Inglis about a decade ago, and now all of a sudden you've got <laughs> Munster, Hughes, Pappenhausen, Harry Grant, Brandon Smith, and now you're going to get Xavier Coe. So I think he's like a young Inglis as well. It's yeah. it's crazy how you guys just replicated that, and probably, and with all respect to the older guys, but almost better versions of the of the other ones. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah, it's a good squad, I think. Yeah, they do a great job with the roster. And, you know, we, we're still losing two, three, four starters of our 17 every year. But I think the thing that helps that is the guys who've come in. And the guys who are coming in, they're not signed as free agents who've played 50, 100 games elsewhere. They've been in our club doing pre-season after pre-season, really grinding and waiting for their opportunity. I think Harry Grant's a perfect example. Uh, I think everyone at the Storm as well was aware of how good he's going to be a hooker. But I think it took until he went to the West Tigers and on that loan deal for everyone to go, oh, like, this guy's, this guy's a really good player. Whereas he's had three or four pre-seasons under Cameron Smith grinding, and that's what the club's about. It's about continual improvement. Um, every mm. pre-season identifying areas of growth in their game and identifying, identifying weaknesses, you know, as a team and also as an individual level. So these guys like Nico Hines can come in and, you know, when... When Pappenhausen was out for so long, everyone probably thinks, oh, geez, they're going to really struggle. But it's kind of that next man up mentality who's been in the storm system for so long and, and he's, he's comfortable in his role. Um, you know, like a guy like him to come in and perform like he did. It wasn't a huge surprise um, for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's unbelievable. The, the culture that you guys have got, the plays and the style of plays you develop. And the crazy thing is, it's guys that other clubs try to work with and couldn't for some reason, you know, they're playing reserve grade at another club. Like you talk about Brian Norrie. I remember Brian Norrie's playing park football when my brother Johnny was at the Sharks. And Norris goes over to Melbourne Storm and does he win a premiership or something? He, got, he would have gone close, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 2012. Like, like what a story. Like it's you guys do it all the time we play. It's like that says a lot about your culture when other teams are rejecting players, you guys pick them up. Brent Lee, you turn him to an origin player. It's it's you do it over and over again. Um, I want to ask you one more question just on, in terms of if you're a CEO for the day of the NRL. What's one thing you'd, uh, you'd like to see in the game or a change you'd make if you were there? Oh, James, okay. Um, probably just leave the, leave the game alone rules-wise. Yeah. Um, and I think... Um, and, and it's hard because the NRL, right, that, you know, their, their responsibility goes to NRL clubs. They're not too worried about the international game. Yep. I, I get that our ARLC commission is, but I just think, you know, the emergence of all these fantastic Pacific Islander players in the NRL, just, it, we need to carve a window out. Um, I don't know if that's shortening the NRL, I don't know if that's even viable, but we, we should be seeing more of Samoa, Tonga, Fiji, Papua New Guinea, and, and growing that game and really respecting the integrity of the international game. Because I think, you know, it's kind of, I hope it's not moving in this direction, but there's kind of comparisons being made to like, uh, the NBA and international basketball where there's almost not much of a window for those players to go play international football. And I hope we're not uh, international basketball. I hope we're not going that direction. I think that's the big growth area for our game, I think, the international game. Yeah, and that's why, guys, I can see you running our game one day. 
All right, we're at the premier part of our show, the the show, the part of the show that all the listeners tune into right now. All those single girls, the number again is 0437-979-160 or DM Christian Welsh on Instagram. We're on the, we're at <laughs> <laughs> we're at the the sixty second blitz with blitz. That's right. Good luck. All right, mate. I'm just going to shoot sixty seconds worth of questions at you, and you just got to answer the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you are you up for that? I'm up for it. Let's go. All right, let's go. Let's start easy. Favorite food? Uh, pizza. All right, you get on a um, a plane with a couple of your mates. Uh, favorite destination? Uh, I want to go to Japan. Ooh, nice. Uganda, Kampala, Kampala Golf Club. Now listen, you you, <laughs> you go to the movies. You're seeing a nice, you know, romantic comedy with a with a few friends. Um, you can pick two snacks in the bar. What are you picking? I'm a drama guy over action movies. I hate superhero movies, by the way. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm not going. Yeah, I just get nothing out of them. Uh, <laughs> I'm probably going to Choc Top, and I'm a sweet tooth, probably like Maltesers. Oh, okay, the double. You're, you're not a Maltesers popcorn kind of guy? Mix the, the two or not? Nah, not a believer. Don't do that. Okay, each their own. Not a believer. <laughs> um, now, if you could meet any person in the world, who would you meet and why? I was listening to on the radio, Dr. Carl. I think he'd be a great, great interview. Great dinner. Yeah. Now, um, you take you take your, your special friend out on a date, a lady friend. What's your um, what's your location of, of choice? I actually went on a good date last year, Barefoot Bowls. Oh yeah. Oh, one. Yeah. Okay. You like you like feet? <laughs> yeah. I, I, that, that's one of the great mysteries. How do people? We had Nathan Brown on the show a few weeks ago and we asked him <laughs> your favourite characteristic of a woman. And we're, we're thinking, you know, kindness, gentleness, Grace. peace. Yeah. Uh, and he said toes. <laughs> so so well, bare footballs. Nathan Brown. Yeah, yeah. Nathan Brown is a big fan of toes. Oh, jeez. Yeah. That's a sledge coming next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but feel free when you're packing into a scrum, ask him if he's... Uh, Seen any good toes lately? <laughs> yeah, and ask him if he values humility as well. He'll love that. Now, I uh, no, <laughs> well, it, we uh, we asked him. We said, "What's something about you that the listeners at home don't know?" And then he said, "I'm very humble." <laughs> so <laughs> it's just a bit of a what's a, what's a word? It's not ironic. Is it yeah, juxt- yeah, juxtaposition? Yeah. Uh, anyway, now listen. Um, best investment you've ever made. Like, as in something I love doing, or like, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, golf, I like playing golf. Oh, I'm yes. no good, but uh, we played in Uganda actually. Much respect. <laughs> uh, Timmy, Timmy got robbed actually at the golf store. <laughs> 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 so, we're, we're in Uganda, you can't, we're talking, we're in, in we're Africa, yeah, Africa. Yeah, yeah. We go to the golf course, and I'm in jean shorts, thinking, surely that's fine. No respect, very, very strict rules at the Royal Kampala oh, Golf Club, yeah. guys. So you're not allowed on there with jean shorts. Yeah. So they go, you got to buy pants. Yes. I said, no worries, I'll just grab it. And I'm talking BG's white <laughs> bell ring at pants. As... <laughs> anyway, so I pay it. I can't even figure out the time, the currency. I don't know what the currency exchange is. And I pay it and we, yeah. off we go. I checked my, my internet banking that day and it was 200, 205 Australian dollars yeah. for these pants. So they saw me coming from a mile away. Um, now, you, you get in trouble at school as a youngster. What are you getting in trouble the most for? Oh, uh, no, I was actually pretty good. 
Yeah. Was, uh, no, I'm clean skin. Never got trouble once, boys. Now, I'm, what about? I'm embarrassed you even asked the question. Yeah, sorry. Uh, now, what about your parents? What would your parents say? Oh, they say uh, probably probably just speak it too much, talking too much rubbish. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What about getting in trouble um, in the NRL? Has that happened? Actually, next question. <laughs> hold, hold up. <laughs> next question. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Next question. No, nah, we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about this. this is this this is a pro <laughs> it's a pro, all right. it's all right. pro it's Christian. A, it's a human need, Tim. Oh, <laughs> down, caged rhino. Uh, Benny Benny's got a, a blank sorry. look on his face. He's got a blank. He's got no yeah. idea what we're talking about. I'm, but, um, I'm thinking caged white rhino. Yeah. Great. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> it was consensual. So it's all good. Yeah, 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 yeah of yeah. course. That's that's the main thing. Now listen. Um, mm. With the last question, it's a little bit deeper. Most fulfilling moment for you. As a human on planet Earth. Wow, that's a good question because he's had a few of these lately. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Um, probably, probably have to be winning the Premiership of 2020. This, after all the years, mm. it was just, it was just amazing when you work so hard to try and get something, you finally get there. It was, uh, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. We'll take it from someone that played 11 years without winning one. I'm, I'm sure that's something that you're going to remember for a very, very, very long time, mate. We're kind of at that point. People are Christian. The, the, the chat just goes so fast. Yeah, we're at the, at the end of the show. But, mate, we are so grateful you're giving your time. Yes. Um, you know, people look at what you've done in the last couple of years, but people don't realize the journey you've been on. So I'm so glad you, you've been able to share some light with that with our listeners. I can't speak more highly enough of you. I was, Like I said, I was lucky enough to take you over to Uganda. But to see you firsthand when, when no one's watching and, you know, the lights are off and see the heart you have and the passion you have to help people, and yeah, you come back and you know you're sponsoring the kid at the, with the Smith and like the family and just the the way that you look at life is so much different to your typical athlete. Um, you know, you obviously you're studying as well. You're killing it on the field. You've got a future ahead of you that is um, one that we're all so excited to keep watching. And um, we're so grateful that you've given us your time to join us on the Spirit of Sport. Yes. Thanks, Timmy. Uh, mate, as I said, one of the great highlights going to Uganda was getting to hang out with you, mate. I appreciate you from afar and. Hey, you're a good mate, and uh, looking forward to having a Noel Lager soon, my man. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Take care of our little mate, Paps, for me, all right? Yeah, will do. Will do, mate. Cheers. Dirty Mullet. Yeah, cheers. Thanks, mate. And we're done. Thanks, Heath, mate. Thanks, Christian. No worries, boys. I appreciate boys. it. Great Thank one. You. What's uh, your movements? When are you back in Melbourne? Uh, I'm driving out Monday, actually. Well, I'm in Sydney now, but my brother, um, he's taking a few days off work. A few mates are... Uh, they're flying in. We're going to play a bit of golf and do it slow, which is good. I'm with the cheese now, actually. We're going to play some Coogee. We're just, yeah, it's been a nice bit shit weather, but actually, it doesn't look too bad now. Yeah, nice. How's the uh, the, the favourite Sun Award? How's, who's winning that? Nah, well, see, I took mum to the Dally End, so I'm, I'm home. But yeah. I actually went and got the uh, I went and got the award engraved, and I left it in the lounge room with mum and dad, so they didn't realise, because I know they're going to go and try and engrave it, but I've already engraved it, so I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, legend. Well, thanks again for your time, oh, mate. So, appreciate it, Heath, brother. All the best uh, no in the off-season. Good to chat. See you, mate. Yeah, I hope we catch up with you soon, mate. Done. All right, bro. Catch ya. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.